0: Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful humans, welcome to the ClarkCast. Joined today with my friend and co-host of Two Guys and Some Horror, Mr. Curtis. Mr. Curtis, how are you doing today? Could you tell our guests a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So, uh, like Clark mentioned, we're pretty good friends now. We've known each other over a year. Uh, we used to work together. And uh, even though we don't work together now, we spend a lot of time together talking, texting, chatting, um, and we share a show together. Um, I guess I mean, the reason why I'm here today <laughs> or the background is because a lot of people that I talk to or work with or um, hang out with over over time they get to know me, and they always you know talk about how happy I am and how uh, uplifting it is to hang out with me or or how I can turn a mood from negative to positive and yeah. you know just kind of general stuff like that. It's true.
0: One of the most positive people I know. And I'm not, I'm not going to say maybe positive. You bring positive energy to otherwise kind of dismal situations. And it's really good to have you around. Like you're the guy I kind of go to when I'm feeling down. Just kind of hanging out with you makes me feel a little bit better. makes me be a little bit less brutal. So you're appreciated. It
1: makes me really, (laughs) it's it's always so uh, fun to hear that from my perspective.
0: Yeah, no I, I there are things when you look at people there's always something that you want to take from someone else like their little behaviors you want to emulate <clears throat> and meeting someone like you you like you're you're a needle in a haystack like I, I've never met anyone who has the ability to be so positive and make others feel kind of happy to be themselves and give them the space to be themselves in such a way that makes them feel good about it so that's that's something I want to take from you and I'd like to to be better at that. So, kind of watching you behave and the way you act kind of helps me kind of go, "Oh, he does this. Well, maybe I can start bringing that into my life. Maybe I can start saying nice things about someone when they're saying bad things." I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one of my that's one of my things that I wrote down last night when I was kind of thinking about doing the show today. Uh, I mean, you know me, I'm a huge planner. I write up a ton of notes when we do our show on movies. Um so I kind of tackled this in a similar fashion with myself, just kind of looking um, and reflecting and trying to figure out, well, why why am I so happy or why am I so cheery or, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I started sitting down last night and kind of dissecting like what, you know, well, when did it really start? Or when, like, when did you feel like you were kind of happy? Or, you know, when did, when did that spark kind of hit you? Because I, I definitely don't, I don't want anyone to think like, I'm some anomaly that's never down or never angry or never hurting or never, you know what I mean? Like that's oh, not yeah. what we're no, saying you get mad. All. You get mad. Oh, very <laughs> easily. Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest problems personally, something that I struggle with every single day is anger. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's just, uh, you know, it's something that I'm dealing with personally. It's something that I'm working on. Um, you know, 10 years ago when my wife and I first got married, that was probably one of my biggest struggles with living with somebody else and being with somebody else 24-7. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, my wife and I haven't been separated. Um, like, we haven't not seen each other other than when I'm on, like, a two-day, three-day business trip. Um, we we spend almost every <laughs> every day, every hour, you know, hanging out, doing something together. We're just very connected. Relationship um, goals right there. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe not like some, I know you guys are, uh,
0: you guys are a standard married couple in a lot of ways, but also your relationship is very healthy, but that's uh, a, and I think the anger thing, a lot of people can relate to you. When I, when I say you get angry, I'm not saying you're an angry person. You're definitely not an angry person. You may have struggled with anger in the past and you may struggle with some bouts of anger here and there, but I I relate to you on your anger because I too have a lot of it. And when I tell it, when I can tell when you're angry, because you get angry angry in a very similar way to me, but that's neither here nor there. Like going back to kind of, you, you wanted to, to talk about kind of the, uh, going back to how you started out to get to this point of being happy. Like, how did that, how did that happen? Like, how did you become this positive person?
1: So what I did we kind of talked about it, in, in you know, before the show started. Um, but to kind of recap that, I looked at happiness because happiness is a very general term. Um, so I looked at like what the definition of happiness is, and all it said was it's the state of being happy. So then I said, okay, well, what is happy? Because happy to everyone is different. It's a, it could be a feeling, or it could be, uh, you know, it's an emotion, or it's a state that you could be in. So the way happy is defined is it's by feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. And when I read that definition last night, that's where I really felt I understand, like, where my happiness at least is coming from or where it, it derives from. Um, and personally, it's contentment. So it's the understanding that there's there's a myriad of things that could have happened to you um, throughout your life. Um, you know, I wrote down this huge, long, bulleted list of my childhood, like my upbringing, Um and that's that's kind of the beginning for me because my childhood was was pretty terrible. Um for the most part. You never told me that. Yeah, so um like my mother and my father were not great parents. Mm. Um I wound up in CPS at the age of three. I'm sorry, man. No, no, it's okay. I'm I'm trying to work through this. Um yeah. so my grandmother got custody of My brother and I, um, uh, uh, she couldn't get custody of my sister for different reasons. Um, her family, um, like her half of the family. Right. So she's my half sister, same mother, different father. They came and picked her up and they, um, they couldn't get custody of my brother and I because they weren't, we weren't blood related. right? Right. So CPS, uh, didn't allow them to take all three of us. They only could take her. So they did, they took her and they, they brought her home. Um, my grandmother and my grandfather, who, uh, my grandfather's, he doesn't really get mentioned a lot because, um, he just really wasn't, like, looking back at my childhood, he wasn't really there all the time. He was hardworking. Um, he, he was always busy, stuff like that, but he was yeah. a struggling, like, he was an alcoholic. Every night he'd come home, he'd have a bottle of gin bean, a big handle, just sitting there, smoking his cigarettes, counting his quarters, rolling them up, you know, very, very typical, um, 80s, 90s grandpa in my in my opinion, he's he's a lo- he's what you see a lot of times in those depictions. But so my my grandmother got custody of us and raised us until we were about ten or eleven. Um, my my father then came back around, but he was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Like he was he was not there either mentally. Um, he even lived with us for a while, and even when he was there, he's just you know he's not there basically. And um, my parents took over raising my brother and I when we were about when I was about 10 or 11 um, and there was this really weird time where I didn't know what normal was I don't think anyone really knows what normal is yeah um, at a young age because you see what your life is like but then you go to a friend's house and you see something completely different right yeah um, but I knew mine wasn't normal at all because you know there'd be days or nights where my dad would just be on a binge four or five days, he'd be out in the front yard and his trucker buddy, who we called Uncle Tom, would come over and he would park his diesel truck and him and his girlfriend would hang out with us in the front lawn. They'd be playing hacky sacks, smoking joints, drinking booze, whatever, just hanging out. And this would go on for like a three-day bender. You know, I'd go to school. I'd walk to school. I'd come home. My dad would still be sitting there with a beer in his hand, hanging out with his buddies. this That's not normal for anyone, right? it's not normal, no. So so when that finally changed and he quit drinking and doing drugs we had moved out of um, what I consider the ghetto we lived on um, 35th Avenue in Camelback here mm. and it's it's it just it's the Alhambra district it's you know it's got really bad you know a really bad rep now i'd say it's it's different it's you know GCU's right there or whatever but anyways right. We, we moved out of that we moved northern Phoenix to the deer valley area yeah and um, he he quit doing drugs and alcohol so he got clean right it must have been but with a, getting <laughs>
0: must <laughs> have been a painful transition because whenever somebody does that what did just kind of happen did he go cold turkey yeah yeah, yeah. I know this... I, I I think I know it's gonna happen go on continue yeah
1: so this <laughs> this is where I would say uh we got even further estranged like yeah. me personally from my father because um basically he found god um had a had a depressive breakdown got put into an institute for a little bit um and then came out of it a bible um you know just a man of god we'll mm. put it that way and it completely alienated my brother and I from him because you're raised one way for for a good decade and then you come out of this thing on the other side where your dad is you know, he's doing better. He looks like uh, uh, a normal person, and then, but he's he's telling you all these things that you've been doing for ten years now are wrong. The things you're listening to, the things you're watching, the the way you you say things, or right. um, you know, what you do with your personal time is wrong. Um, so he comes
0: out and he starts trying to parent. Um, now having dis- discovered some morals that he did not have beforehand.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think it pushed. So my brother's two years older than I, um, and I think it really pushed him into a a different place in his life because uh, my brother screwed up big time. I was a freshman in high school at this time. He was a junior, um, and he made some mistakes, and uh, he ended up going to juvie. And after juvie, he spent in and out of jail his entire adulthood um, until this past year. He's just got out. He's been out. He's been clean, sober, um, and doing all the things that... You know he has to do to get his life back basically yeah. because when you come out of jail you know it's it's a it's a different world especially when you've been in for that long um yeah i mean high school i would have been freshman probably about 13 or 14 and i'm 31 now so that's 18 years mm-hmm. um you know of him being in and out of the system so for him he's a couple years older than me he hasn't had you know those same life choices that, that I've taken. Yeah. Um, You speak positively
0: of him whenever you do talk about him though. Because
1: he's, he's busted his butt, you know, he's trying really hard to get back on the straight and narrow. He's, um, you know, in my opinion, he's, he's doing much better, like much better. And I, and I just, I hope that he keeps going down that road. So not to dive too much into him, but I think that had a big change on me as well, because around that time, Um, I started fighting with my dad physically and uh, I decided that it was time for me to move out. I I couldn't be there anymore because him and I just couldn't get along. Um, So I moved out and I moved back in with my grandma um, who was now living with my aunt and her two kids and helping raise that family. So my grandmother has a track record of taking in her kids' kids and raising them. This Um, is your your mother's Mother. this is this is my father's mother okay uh i don't know my biological mother um i met her a few times when i was younger but who i call mom today who was on our podcast with us episode on tremors um was <laughs> that that is my mother but mm-hmm. she is not my biological mother she is my stepmother there's no blood relation but for all intents and purposes there is no one else that i call mother she is my mother right um and it's funny because uh so just a side story so i was working with her she actually her and i worked together at my first job um at the company uh able engineering and she's still there to this day but someone told us when we were sitting in the break room having lunch one day uh he looks at us and goes wow curtis you look just like your mother and her and i looked at each other and we laughed so hard we didn't correct (laughs) him we didn't change anything we didn't say anything uh, but you know, her and I laugh about that still to this day, whenever we whenever it comes up in conversation, and we just can't believe that like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Blood relation doesn't doesn't matter. That's my mom. Doesn't it yeah. doesn't matter.
0: I agree. Completely agree. With um, but you. yeah,
1: so so I moved out of my parents' house, moved back in with my grandma into uh Tempe as baseline in 40th Street, and I had a choice of going to two schools. Um, uh, Tempe High. Or a school called Mountain Point, which was um, in Awatuki. So it's a it's a completely different um, if you know anything about Tempe versus Awatuke, Tempe is a is a very different um, socioeconomic economic status than Awatukee. I would say it that
0: way. Tempe is a little bit more snobbish from what I've seen.
1: Snobbish, um, the ethnicity percentages are way different. Right. More um, white. Uh, well, not so really, not not Tempe High or Mary uh, or um, uh, Marcos, Marcos Deniza. Um, those Mm. tend to be a little bit more uh African American or or Mexican. Pardon um, my ignorance a lot of a lot of time. No, no, it's I didn't know that either. And and one of the big reasons why my grandmother made a choice for what school I was going to go to is she didn't want me to be a minority, basically, somewhere, you know, she wanted me to be with those who were like me. But what's funny is if you go to any school, the percentages of ethnicity are so widely different. And yeah, you know, Awatuki's nickname is all white Tuki. Um, it, it has been for a very long time, but that weighed no difference on anything. I was on I was an athlete for, you know, all my high school years and in an athletic atmosphere, race is not a thing. No one cares about race, whether you know you're black, white Red, brown, the, like nobody cares. We're just all fighting for that same thing. We're on a football team or or whatever it might be. So the decision that was made to go to that school was because it was a uh, higher rated school in the sense of things. And honestly, I mean, it was probably the best choice my grandma could make for me because like i I didn't, I didn't want to like let my childhood or my my collective upbringing, be my life or be who I was. Um, and this was a chance for me to just completely get out of it and be different and and start over fresh with no baggage, nothing, you know, no contentment on where I was from, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. So the new school uh, with with brand new people I don't know, they don't know me, they've never heard my name before, was a really good chance to do that. Um, and, and I you know, I thank my grandma still to this day for putting me in that school because... Like, the minute I started there, the first people I met um, was my best friend Kyle, who's still my best friend today. Yeah. Um, his girlfriend at the time, Jennifer, who's now his wife, um, is my wife's best friend, and that's how I met her. So, like, all of this stuff kind of culminated and worked really well because, like, you know, Nicole is my other half. She's she's my true north, <laughs> I say, my saving grace. Your saving um, grace. Because, I, I mean, I could have went to another school or I could have yeah. stayed with my parents and I could have went down that, that same path that, you know, your brother. my brother was on. Yeah. And instead, I wind up at this new school and the first people I meet, that's that's the group of people that I'm with. Uh, you seem happy. You're, <laughs> you're
0: married. Yeah. You You and your wife have been together since exactly. high school. So, like, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, makes sense to me.
1: You know, and her and I have a whole... You know, story together. We dated for two weeks when we first met, and she broke up with me because she wanted to just be friends and get to know each other better. I dated a girl who went to another school for two years. During that time, we were apart. Um, who was just torturous on me, um, played with my emotions. She'd take a break with me every time we were on like a vacation break from school, so that she could just go out and do whatever she wanted and not feel bad, and then come back to me. And and every time I talked to Nicole about it, she's like, "You're she's just playing with you." You know, she's just, she's, you're there when she needs you. And then when she doesn't need you, she moves you away and you just keep going back to her. And finally, senior year, um, fall senior year is when I made the decision, like, okay, I'm done with her. I don't want to be around that anymore. That's, you know, that's toxic for me. And I, I decided to break up with her. I went and talked with Nicole some more, um, and eventually we ended up getting back together. Um, And yeah, we we've been together ever since. And uh, honestly, like that's that's to me, that's the beginning of like where everything started to get better. Was that that high school? um, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, but that the the people I was with, what I was doing, how I was living, everything changed right right there by the end of high school.
0: So like this is this is you going through a painful childhood and you're you're in the cusp of adulthood here with you've you've met your future wife, you're in a high school that makes you feel better as a person, um, things are starting to turn around for you, uh, you're starting to feel this happiness, uh, what what kind of moving forward like what kind of made this a more permanent uh, state
1: of mind? Well so I think the biggest thing for me was always a positive outlook. Like I, I didn't look at the negative things anymore. I didn't I didn't dwell on those things because because if you look at if all you're looking at is negative things, all you're going to see is negative things, right? So for me what I think really like helped me push forward is is just being positive, having that positive outlook, looking for positive um intentions and situations and not not thinking like people are out to get me or they're they're trying to to put me down or they're trying to to stop me from doing something that I want to do or you know what I mean that that it it's it's just flipping that switch. It's understanding that not everything is negative um, and and don't assume that someone is going to be negative right off the bat with you. like you may come to find that someone is trying to hurt you or that someone is trying to put you down so they could move past you or whatever it might be um but if all you're looking for is that you're probably only gonna find that you know what i mean does that make sense
0: no i I agree with you it's it's a matter of rumination and what you're ruminating on and how your mental patterns kind of move towards so honestly that is good advice it's terrible to hear Cause if you're negative like me and you're like oh yeah yeah think about the positive okay thank you bye just kind of like wave your hand and be like okay move along, uh, but no it's it's true it's true what like could you give give me like an example let's say you're having a bad day let's uh like the company you're at is you're getting phone calls at, during your lunch like you're you're trying to eat food and your boss is like sending you message after message after message and something, something's on fire. Like how do you, how do you maintain that good attitude throughout like stressful processes or positions?
1: So, so you and I've had something very similar to this situation actually quite recently where, yeah, uh, we were, we were hanging out uh, on our lunch break, actually playing, playing a game or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah, I got, I got some messages from my boss, uh, who, who needed something done, um, ASAP. I was personally, it was, it was really conflicting because you and I don't get to spend a lot of time since I've had, uh, the recent Bambino and then yeah, the COVID-19 um, and then COVID-19 threw a real good monkey wrench in, in everybody's lives. And yeah. I was on a two week, I was back for two weeks for work during, you know, my split paternity leave that I was doing. Yeah. and um you know it i wouldn't even say that i handled that gracefully personally because a i bailed on you no you did you did fine but it's but it's something that i wouldn't that's not the choice that i want to do right i wouldn't want to bail on a friend that i'm hanging out with and, and spending time with plus we were still on our lunch like but at the same time i knew i had bigger things that i had to deal with and it's not like she's trying to control me she was just trying to make sure that we had everything done before I went back on paternity leave. So the way right. I, I guess the way I handled it is the way I would handle it. It's basically like, Hey Clark, I would love to, but I've got to do this first. I know. Um, and I, and I, I complained
0: think, a little bit. I was like, but it's during your lunch break. And then when you mentioned the, uh, the background of paternity leave coming off the next yeah. day, so she doesn't call you during then, so you can get it all taken care of now. You're like, this has to get done. Yes. Which is a good I mean, way to. Ha- yeah. You handled it fine. I was I wasn't annoyed that you were you were leaving. I was like, yeah, this game's not working because it kept kept crashing on you, and I was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, we can we can go. Um, I but, have
1: that all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I. Oh man. It's more of maintaining the attitude when you're stressed, when you're going through this crap. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying so to I focus on. I here. don't
1: handle stress well. Um, yeah. You know, my wife could tell you that. I don't. She would have been a good co co guest to have on here um, to give you kind of an aspect from her perspective of how does Curtis do during this? She's welcome she, to join. She, she'd be <laughs> she'd be really good at uh, pointing out flaws for sure. I bet. Yeah. Um. But I don't know I, there's like a list of things that I do. Um, that are just kind of natural to my to my personality, to right. to how I I act or respond. You know, I'm always smiley. Uh, I'm a very smiley person. I try to smile when um, even when I'm not in a good mood, just because it feels better than than trying to frown. Right. Um, I don't know. I meditate probably four or five times a day, and that's not an exaggeration. Ooh. That's a literal thing. I have an app on my phone that tells me when to go meditate um, when I'm wearing my Apple Watch it tells me to go breathe i'm assuming it's because it realizes that i'm not breathing properly which means my you know i'm probably not okay i might be stressing that at might that be moment. a my-
0: <laughs> that might be a real real key ingredient here actually is just breathing it's taking in those 6 second inhales holding it for a little bit and then exhaling for 6 seconds that can make a world of difference on stress
1: yeah, I mean, right. So right before the episode, um, before I record, I always get nervous and anxious. Um, yeah. we've talked about this before. When I twitch streamed uh, back in the day, I used to get very stressed out before the stream because I, I always want everything to go okay. I don't want, yeah. you know, I don't I don't want to deal with stress while I'm in the middle of trying to talk with people and hang out with people. And um, you know, Nicole knew we were recording at eleven. Her and I had already worked everything out. She's got the bambino and and our daughter um, and. You know, it's it's ten forty five and I'm I'm feeding him still and I'm sitting on the couch. I haven't prepared, I haven't checked my mic, I haven't done anything. And it's fifteen minutes till go time. So right. I'm like, Hey babe, uh it's fifteen till eleven. When are we switching? Like when are you gonna grab him so I can go in there? And uh she's like, Oh, well, you don't record till eleven, right? And I'm like, Well, in my mind, I'm like, I I don't I don't wanna wait till the last minute. I wanna get in there, I wanna test things out. I want to start getting everything set up. And she's like, Oh, I didn't realize that. So that time that I had set up beforehand was check my mic, make sure it's working. Um, and then, and then meditate, breathe the, you know, follow the app. It, It tells you what to do to kind of help calm yourself and, um, give yourself that moment of peace, um, when you need it. And I, and I always like to take that moment of peace before I do a recording because I think it helps calm my mind and, and kind of get me on a, on a good, Um, you know, talking, talking, breathing. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it helps get me into the, to the show moment kind of.
0: Yeah, man. I do the same thing. I take 15 minutes to, to prep, get everything set up because I don't want you waiting for me to get my mic working, especially for the sound splitting. But I think it's a good practice to prep mentally and breathe and focus before doing something that could be potentially stressful and just get some sort of focus in on there and hone in on what you're doing. And I think that's a good advice in general, not just on happiness, not just on anything.
1: No, I mean, I use it at work before I go into a big meeting. If I'm driving the meeting, um, you know, if I'm going to give a talk on some tooling that we're going to be using at work, I always like to to meditate beforehand or at least just take a couple of seconds to breathe before we jump into it for sure
0: no well, it's very ideal i was actually listening to the joe rogan podcast which i'm becoming a bro i i guess i not really but he always has these he always has these interesting guests guests on and when it, whenever it has, has something to do with like medical advice or maybe a perspective i haven't heard before uh he brought on this breathing this journalist who wrote a book on breathing and this journalist talked to like Part of the thing was breathing through your nose is healthier than breathing through your mouth. Like if you like if you stop breathing through your nose, like within a month and only breathe out of your mouth, your nasal passages are gonna start closing up and the shape of your face is actually going to change. Which is really interesting here. I don't know, Se- segue or side tangent, but check that out. Uh, I'll have to get the, the book and I'll post that at the end of the episode. But uh Curtis, let's go back to what you were talking about with uh a little bit more on happiness. We ended your story with how you met your wife. Uh is there what else do you did you really want to kind of focus on or talk about?
1: So I I kind of looked up um like what th- there's tons of lists out there. You could look up like how to be a happier person or right. you know, top top ways to to be happy. Um yeah. So I started perusing those lists and I started looking at different things and started picking out things that I personally am doing every day. Because I don't do all 25 things on some of these lists or even half of them, right? Um, but some of the things that I personally deal with is like being okay with not being happy all the time. Because right. I can tell you for sure, like I am not happy all the time we talked Mm. about that already there's a lot of times when i'm not happy (laughs) but i acknowledge it and i move forward you know what i mean like yeah i i sit down that's that's maybe a good segue into that meditation piece even Mm. is like Mm. just sit down and breathe know that you're not happy i talk about it with my daughter all the time she's six almost seven and she she like you know she'll throw a tantrum but there was a really good talk on a on how kids handle anger and i think adults are very similar in the same way as like you're driving a car with no (laughs) steering wheel All you have is the gas pedal and the brake. You don't know how to steer your anger. The best thing that you could do is just stop the car, right? And I think with kids and a lot of adults sometimes is we just push the gas pedal. We just keep going. And we assume just by going as fast as we can, we can get through this and move on to the next thing. But that's not acknowledging it. That's just trying to get past it. And I think acknowledging it first and then moving forward is the best step. So trying to be okay with not being happy all the time is is the hard thing for me, Um, but I try. Um, Some other things is like lifting other people up makes me happy. Encouraging others that they're doing something good or doing a really good job with whatever they're working on can really help your own personal mood. So like whenever Nicole puts down Hunter and he actually sleeps for an hour and a half to two hours in the middle of the day when we want him to, is like, to me, I'm right there. I'm like, what did you do? How did you do it? You did a great job, whatever it was, we need to try to do that more. Um, and, and, you know, I know Nicole appreciates when I give her kudos for whatever she's doing. And, and I know I feel better because I'm acknowledging that somebody else has done something that maybe I couldn't even do at that moment, but really it's focusing on like, you're doing a good job. That makes me feel better because I know that I am recognizing that I could be better at something as well, personally.
0: Would you say that's kind of looking at silver linings or a little bit more powerful than that? It's more so of,
1: yeah. I'd I'd say it's more powerful than just uh, the silver linings because silver linings to me are like the accidental recognition of something good happening or like the...
0: From something bad.
1: Yeah, almost the the dark cloud hanging above you but something good comes of it kind of a thing whereas this is right. just like a regular day happenstance where it's like you know yesterday we could not get my son to nap like mm-hmm. it was crazy we just couldn't and um once I finally did like I felt awesome I felt like I finally did something for the day An <laughs> even though I mean I yeah, I had done many things that day. I, I researched for our next episode of our podcast. You know, I helped mm-hmm. my daughter in Animal Crossing, whatever it was. Like, I had done a million things that day. But for some reason, once we finally did the thing that we couldn't get done, like that—that that helped. You know, that felt really good. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a little bit more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, some something else that's kind of silly, but it's important. It's like, especially during this uh, quarantine time, it's like. Vitamin D. <laughs> yes. Like the, getting outside of your house and getting in some sunlight is a big booster for mental We're happiness.
0: Taking a vitamin D supplement if you live in a if cave. You,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am I feel like we have some friends who live in <laughs> in the Seattle area uh, who who may not see sun as often as they want to. And I know one specifically that misses it. The uh, sun rays still come lot. down.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But there's something about... Uh, getting out of my house sometimes yeah. and, and I don't have to be in the sun. You're right. Like, I mean, just going on my porch, my front porch and sitting there for a couple of minutes is kind of nice and, and refreshing. Yeah. You'll still get hit by um, the UV rays. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I mean, it, you don't even have to, like, you don't even know you're doing it. You're just doing it. It's just natural. It is what it's supposed to do. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, another big thing for me is cleaning my house. <laughs> So when I'm stressed, I clean. I clean like crazy. It's it's peaceful. Uh, it gives me time to listen to music and just right. you, know, you know phase out or zone out or or even a good podcast. And um, two guys horror pod. Um, and just you know, I I really like to mop. Um, I hate vacuuming, but I I will mop all day. Um, and and for me, like cleaning is just a big thing. It's it's something that can be a real big a good uh, mood booster. Um, and kind of the last thing that I, I noticed on a lot of these lists that is, is really funny to me because, um, for years and years there was a really bad stigma about it. Um, and I'm not sure if you had this on your like list of things you want to talk about, but, hmm. um, it's kind of the last note I had for me personally, and that's therapy. Um, right. There's there's just way too many therapists out there for us not to be able to talk to one, right? Or feel like you can't talk to one. I'm not saying all therapists are good. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying all know what they're doing, mm-hmm. that's for sure. But if you find one that's good, like that's the one thing like personally I've been putting off my whole life. And it's it, it could just be the last piece of the puzzle for me to really help me get past a lot of my other issues, like my anger issues specifically. See, cause like for the key to me is going when you're ready to accept it. And I just haven't been ready to accept it. Like I, I still have grudges. I hold against my biological mother. Um, I, 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 she's to me, she is all the, that is wrong with the world. Right. In my opinion, she abandoned her family, started a new family. And, uh, the only time she wants to recognize her other family is when it's convenient for her. Uh, and, and I just, you can tell by me talking about it. Like I have not let that go personally. And I know I haven't, um, but who knows, like I might find things out about myself that I never knew were even there. Um, and I think that kind of scares me with therapy as well mm-hmm. as like, what other can of worms can I get into like mentally, you know, emotionally? Um, and personally, I just haven't found that I'm ready to, to do that yet. Um, but I'm also not i'm not hurting myself i'm not right. you know those kinds of things personally i don't struggle with so any anyone who is you know i i would say therapy is your is maybe your best um you can go get all the sun you want but if you don't talk about your uh emotions or your feelings or what's going on you you may never come you know come out of it okay so and that's scary therapy
0: therapists are useful but uh, it's also like there 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 are certain things that you need to kind of look out for it really depends on what kind of issues you're struggling with so depending on your psychological issues the kind of trauma you're wanting to go through if you just need someone to talk to there there's a plethora of different types of therapists to choose from and you could always find someone good through word of mouth or referral but with regards to grudges i kind of want to double back to that do you think that holds you back at
1: all i think it does with similar types of people right um because i hold a grudge to the minute that i hear someone is even in a similar situation to maybe what happened to me with my mother uh, biological mother like i might not you know i'm going to take that person's side real quick and i'm going to judge the other person possibly and treat them differently because of how they've treated someone that i know or um you know things like that i I definitely think it holds me back from being the best version of myself for sure um yeah every yeah yeah in every way
0: what do you do in a situation where you hold a grudge against yourself
1: a grudge against myself i don't know if i have any grudges against myself
0: so um so in my case i I suffer with self loathing and a lot of it and i know we we've discussed this before like you and i um but Mm -hmm. when you're in a position uh such as myself when you're you're like oh man that thing you did that was really stupid yeah maybe you shouldn't have done that you idiot and you just can you continuously ruminate and you beat yourself up in some way shape or form and it's like those things you did in the past were really messed up you have a really dark side and i think i think a lot of people kind of understand that the things they do sometimes aren't okay like in my past I, i i i'm ashamed of a lot of things i've done like a lot of things i've done the way i've acted uh my i'm ashamed of things i've done when i was anxious when i get emotionally flooded like i've backed out of situations i've completely like disappeared from from friend groups uh in uh, you know, hurt people as a result, and that really kind of tears me up inside, and I think for, in order for, I think this really relates to the conversation in terms of forgiveness and being able to forgive, uh, not just others, but yourself as well, and like you're saying, you feel like the grudges kind of hold you back a little bit, well, what what do you think would would help you reach a point where you can forgive not necessarily let her back into your life doesn't mean you you trust her but you forgive her for her actions and you just
1: let things be so my brother um in his time in the system um got a lot of therapy like that's that's one of their big things that they that they do well, I think, in in our judicial uh, rehabilitation, whatever you want to call it, in jail.
0: In the state of Arizona. Um,
1: in the state of Arizona, mm. they definitely offer a lot of therapy, and not all prisoners take it. Um, you know, some people don't don't want to do it, right? Like me right. personally, I I just I am not ready mentally. I think to to go in there and unpack all the shit that I have, kind of, you know swallowed and, and pushed out of the main focal point of me dealing with stuff. So I think that's the biggest thing is is like when you are ready, like as long as, and, and I guess there's caveats to that, right? As long as you're not trying to hurt yourself, it's not as long as you're not having, you know, uh, bad thoughts about hurting people, um, like I can, I can stomach it and move along a little bit further maybe because I, I'm not in that state. Right. Um, but I think that's the only way I will ever be able to forgive her, is if I deal with it, yeah. you know, and not just swallow it and, and pretend like it's not a problem and, mm. and just keep moving along and, and forgetting about it. Like there's, I'll go months without so even thinking about her. So you're know? not
0: ready to face the anger no. No. that you have towards her. And you've kept that kind of built up, pent up and built in. And dude, I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't go away. Like that anger, especially for me, like I, I'm holding grudges too. And I admit that I hold these grudges and I feel these grudges and this anger and this pain. And at the same time, I try to forgive them, but it's a, it's a continual process and it's something you're going to fight with for a very long time. If not, I don't know. I think you'll get better at handling it and accepting that this happened. And, Say I'm trying to forgive you. I forgive yeah. you a little bit more each day, but it's not a quick and easy process. And I think that's even if you have a therapist, it they're not going to be able to cure you or you, cure you of the anger that you hold inside for certain individuals. And I don't know if that's something. Yeah. Maybe they'll help you prevent prevent you from make having more in the future, but I don't know, man. I really couldn't
1: tell you. I think that's the hardest thing for me is is when when will it be the right time for yeah. me to handle that or, or deal with that personally? And I, I, I don't know. I really don't. Because even when, you know, my wife, there are things I just don't talk with my wife about, right? Yeah. And that's, that's sad to me because I'm not letting her into a piece of me. You know, yeah. even if it is some small piece that I, I don't even respect, it's... It's still an important piece for her probably to help understand me better um, and and why maybe certain things that happen trigger me, right? Yeah. Because uh, you don't even – sometimes the, the crazy thing with like my anger problems personally is I don't even know what triggers it sometimes. I, I just – it just happens and it's mm. a switch. Um, yeah. And until someone kind of calls me out on my shit, I don't know I'm doing it. Same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's crazy it really is it's crazy like i always feel like i'm having you know a good day i always feel like i'm having a good day and then there's just something that happens someone either says something or i hear about something or i read about something and it somehow digs deep down into my soul and pulls that piece out and it's like hey you forgot about this and then bam now i'm in a bad mood now i've now i've ruined my day and i and i i have to recover from that i have to pivot i have to you know, work through those issues and try to get back on a good foot. But, man, some days is hard. Days is hard.
0: I agree with you there. Well, I hope you – I really hope you do go to therapy sooner than later. If you don't think you're ready, then I don't think you ever will be, frankly. Like, that's that's the short end of my opinion right there. But when you go, you'll just – you'll find someone they may or may not be a great therapist. You'll, you'll discover what you need to do. And I don't know, there, there's probably some anger management therapy you can do somewhere, like some cognitive behavioral or dialectical behavior therapy with some exercises that you can maybe look up online as well to kind of get you started in the right direction. And that will help you kind of understand what the therapist is going to run you through. But I think in terms of being happy i want to go back to kind of the points that you you brought up one of them was meditation um mindfulness acknowledging your emotions and your feelings what you're feeling in the moment breathing allowing yourself to just feel and think um and you do that four or five times a day which is i think is crazy Uh, how long are your meditation sessions
1: so the pause app runs you through uh different time lengths but i don't think i've ever sat in a pause session for more than five minutes yeah
0: five to ten minutes i would say good if you're doing it four to five times a day yeah i think if you really want to just like be calmed you could do it for an hour but i don't know i I wouldn't i and then you're uh acknowledging the good things that happening around you in the moment not not just in bad situations, but in all situations, everyday life. Hey, that that muffin you made is really good. That is one of the best muffins I've ever had. How did you do this? Can you give me the recipe? Or, or something along the lines with what you said with your child. I don't know how you got this kid put to sleep. That is amazing. You did great. Could you show me how you did that? I think that's uh, really building people up in a way like that by making them feel validated with what they're doing and showing interest in what they're doing as well and how they're doing it. I think that's awesome. Uh, do you have anything you want to add on that one?
1: Um, no, not on that one specifically. No.
0: And then, uh, one of them was therapy, which we're working on that one. We'll work on that one and just trying to look at positive things in general trying to smile more, handle your stress as well as you can.
1: Yeah. Find people that make you happy. Mm. Find hobbies that make you happy Mm. and cut the rest out. It's okay to cut people off from your life. It's okay. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I've cut family out of my life because (laughs) they are toxic and they are no good for me. Yeah, and there's no saving myself or them if we're together. So why why would I do that to myself, right?
0: Yeah, completely. Um, I've I've done the, the same. Thing that you can do. I've done the same thing, and I have regrets with people I've cut out of my life. Still, like I, I regret cutting out certain individuals, but then when I try to reach out, the response is so toxic that I just. I'm like, yeah, that's that's why I did this. So maybe, I don't know, man, like, that's, that's another thing. We can talk about some other time, but the second-guessing thing. But I agree with you. I,
1: I think a lot of times people, when you're, when you cut someone out of your life, it's usually because they've done something that, you know, you, you don't agree with necessarily or um you may have a differencing of opinions like a lot of that is going on right now in our in our culture or they treat
0: you very poorly and they that one
1: well i was gonna i was gonna draw a line there so i was gonna i was gonna draw a line i was gonna say you you cut people out because you don't agree with them on what they're doing or you don't agree with the choices that they're making and and you guys can't move or function together even though you have differencing of opinions or you've cut someone out of your life because they harm you personally emotionally, physically, yeah, um, and it could be based off those choices though. And I think that's where you've got to make that decision on like, do I need to go back and, and try again? Yep. Like you're talking about, do I need to give that second chance? And that's no. a personal decision. Everyone's going to have to make, but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I haven't looked back at a couple of the people I've cut out of my life and I can tell you right now, I feel a lot better, <laughs> a lot better. Um, but at the same time, you know, one big giant thing I've cut out of my life, like, like you said, you know, I've struggled with that, that anger, that, that doubt, that like, how am I going to deal with this down the, down the road? And right. I think one big way I deal with that though is, is by being a good father to my kids, right? Mm-hmm. And proving that, you know, just because it gets tough or just because you're having a bad day, you can't, you know, you can't bail kind of a thing. Right. And I think that's one thing that, Is holding me back also from going to therapy is like i'm i'm trying to beat it by being the best dad i could be um but i'm never gonna understand what like why she did what she did or or the choices she made and i mean at the end of the day sometimes i don't know man i'm i'm a pretty damn happy person (laughs) a lot of the times and it's like for some reason though still you know when you think about i think about that one thing and it can just completely kill a mooch. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I definitely know I need to you, you know, handle that and deal with that one day. Um, you do a great job of I making people
0: feel included and in part part of the, the tribe. And I, I feel like that's one of the things I really wanted to kind of take from you uh, as an individual. Because when, when I started I to keep, I, I, I felt... I, uh, I need uh, it. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I was... It was very nice to have a team that I don't know, it was it was the best situation and then everybody left and then things got worse and then and now they're getting better, but there's there's a lot of good quality skills to kinda of make people feel welcome and make them feel a little bit happier as well. So maybe there's some. Every team
1: there. is different, right? And our team like when you came into our team, we already had a very good cohesive mood, culture, feel, yeah. right? It was different. And I think that was something that was, was really cool is I look back at my days there and I remember the summer that I started. I remember who I hung out with. I remember what I did. But then things happened at that company that changed the mood and the feel and and everything. And I think that was a big reason that, that I also left, right? Even yeah. though I love the people I worked with, I loved the product I worked on. I love, you know, all that stuff about my job. I loved it. I just couldn't be at that place anymore because I didn't have that same feeling. And I didn't, it's one of those things that you cut off, right? (laughs) It's, it's not a person. It was, it was a company. And I, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I thought I wanted to go back for a long time. You and I talked about that a lot at lunch. Um, you know, how can I get back here? How you know, is there a position open or you know, whatever and well you, and then you tried to go happened. to a
0: situation where the grass was greener and you found out it wasn't and then the things green. <laughs> Yeah, but then you went to a different different place. So you're yeah. you're fine now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I love like once again, I love my job. Um I don't think I I always love what I'm doing. It it's a big thing to me is the culture of a company. That that is a huge deal maker or deal breaker when it comes to me, because I, I do want to be happy where I'm at and what with what I'm doing. And happiness isn't just a personal one on one thing with me and a friend or me and a family member or or me and someone I've just met. Um, yeah. You know, happiness is everything. It's it's me working with a group of people at a company and making sure that what we're doing is going to actually solve a problem. I've worked at enough companies to know that not all companies are good companies. <laughs> Uh, And that may sound simple and easy to understand and obvious to to most, but it took me a little while to figure that out, because I always thought companies have a good intention of what they're trying to do, and that's just not the case. It's it's not always true.
0: I mean, companies are people, which is good and bad. A lot of the times it can be bad when they get too big. Because at that point, you know, I'm I'm not going to put my political opinion about how most top-level executives or sociopaths. Um, I won't say that out loud. I'll just think it internally. Wait, I said that out loud. I love you, Clark. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. I, I appreciate you coming on, and thanks for having hey, thank a conversation. For having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks Thanks for talking about, you know, kind this of This is
1: therapy in a way, my dude. This is it, therapy in a way.
0: It, it definitely is, and that's, that's part of the reason, well, that's actually the main reason I'm, I'm doing this. It's... The conversations I feel are better than the, I don't know, I feel like this is better for me than it is for the listener. And uh, if, if, if anybody finds merit or, or help from this or some kind of, of solace that, let me know. Like, I would really appreciate that and make my day to know that something, you, you you thought of something profound and it made you think or it made you happy. And that would, that would give me a little bit more meaning to, to what I'm doing here. Um, well, I can tell you right
1: now, your first episode about uh, suicide and depression when you talked with Neilan yeah. was, I mean, I was personally involved with that conversation before the episode happened. So right. I was one of the people that Neilan reached out to. I think that episode alone helped me understand a little bit more about you and how you function even when you get into those weird moments, right? When yeah. you're self-reflecting. Um, because I also, you know, I've texted you before like, hey, you doing okay, dude? You know, or like. I checked in on you uh, because I, I was just worried or whatnot. Yeah. And I think, I think every single episode that you have, um, even your data corruption episode, mm-hmm. which is just an apologetic episode, it's still 10 and a half minutes of you talking about, um, you know, it, it's your personality. It's you Clark. It's, mm-hmm. it's like your essence. My um, essence. You get, you get, you get a taste of Clark and it's nice because it's refreshing. It's different. Um, so anyone who may be listening to this episode for the first time and you haven't listened to any of the others, like they're all good episodes for different reasons. You know, um, I'm not all the way done with Laurel's episode, <laughs> um, but I really loved hearing um, Natish talk about his, his uh, upbringing and and yeah. his opinion and differences on on things um because i mean i've i've worked with him i've, I've worked with everyone you've talked to yeah you. it's that's a recurring
0: um, theme everybody who's yeah, been on this is someone i work with or have worked with except for jordan but
1: <clears throat> but it's so much fun to hear everyone's outlooks on things um you know jordan's is obviously the next one on the list for me and i i just i mean i look forward to your episodes every time they come out so i'm glad i get to be a part of it um and, and I, and like I said, I can't wait to see what comes after me and I've loved everything before me. So thanks. Um, appreciate you. You letting me come here and talk to you.
0: Oh, we appreciate Good. you. Could you, uh, let's, let's uh, take some time for a plug then. Uh, what would you like to plug for us today, Curtis?
1: Uh, I mean, the easy answer is probably just to plug, you know, our, our Twitter and our, and our, uh uh, instagram and our podcast so i'll just throw that out there because i didn't really have any plugs Mm. uh kind of prepared but if you like horror movies uh and you like clark and i um and you want to hear us talk more about horror movies you can come check us out on um anchor uh spotify apple ipods google pods uh there's a there's eight different platforms we're on but the show is called two guys and some horror and we basically take a movie and we dissect it and and have a lot of fun talking about it you can follow us on our twitter or our instagram at the number two guys horror pod um you can tell i have said this 50 plus times because we're about to re-releasing our 50th episode yep and uh yeah just you know come check us out sometime come listen right. some
0: fun. if you like horror movies when, when
1: does this come out
0: uh, when does this come out? I'm not sure. Yeah. I still haven't even edited the Cindy episode. I'm trying to think of a better cadence, a better recording yeah. cadence. I
1: uh, <clears throat> I could tease what's coming out uh, at the time that this comes out potentially. but Well,
0: it, I have been doing them the week of, but I think I might take a little break here for a couple okay. weeks. I, the audience won't really know Man Behind the Curtain. They'll be like, I'll... All five of my listeners, my recurring listeners, will will have a little bit of a a break before I, uh, you know, kind of kind of release something out. I uh, I'm thinking, I don't know. We'll talk more about the man behind the curtain stuff later. But I yeah. again, like, if you guys want to reach out to me in any way, you can reach out to me via my Instagram. I don't have a Twitter because reasons, and uh, my My Instagram is derpyderpclarkderp. Feel free to DM me something directly regarding it. Uh, Start your message with ClarkCast and go from there. Otherwise, thank you for listening, guys. I love you very much. And Curtis, thanks again for coming, man. Thank you.